Hey, welcome back to the Naga Notes podcast. I'm back in my studio in my garage and the equipment is uh, markedly better than the, than it was on the airplane of that last episode. I'm thankful for all the feedback. It seems like everybody really enjoyed me talking to my toddler in the middle of an air flight uh, from Chicago to Orlando. And I appreciate that. You guys are, are really, really a cool audience. And I, I don't take for granted the fact that I get to speak to... Um, scores or in in some cases uh, you know a couple hundred people a week uh that's that's much larger reach than i would have ever dreamt because i don't i, I never plan on being a college professor and i know college professors can sometimes talk to auditoriums but you know it makes me think about if this thing ever really takes off and gets big uh the reach could be thousands of people and that and that's pretty awesome uh, or even tens of thousands of people or even millions and i i just i think that's really special and i take very uh seriously the 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 i guess the musings that i offer and the and the uh, the insights that that i give and i don't want to ever take anything for granted so thank you guys as a listening audience i heard from several people uh who messaged us and said that was really cute and um i actually uh, my own confession is that i haven't listened back yet to it uh, excuse me as i burp into the microphone that's good radio uh but uh I haven't listened back to it yet, but I'm sure it's uh, I'm sure it's as adorable as everybody says it is. Anyway, this week's podcast, uh, as always, is sponsored by my company that I co-own with my partner Lindsay Bell, and uh, Lindsay is uh, she's in Italy now on her honeymoon. Uh, she used to be Lindsay Garrison. She's Lindsay Bell now, and she's in Italy, probably sipping uh, Chianti uh, near the uh, canals of Venice, or at least that's what I have in my mind uh, with her with her new husband. So. Um, Wish her well, and uh, our organization is doing very well. We uh, recently expanded. I've explained that on this show a couple of times. We have two locations in Reno and Sparks, two actual brick-and-mortar offices, and we also operate in the rural town of Lovelock, about an hour and a half east of Reno, northeast of Reno, and we work in the schools there. We also work in the schools in Reno and Sparks in Washoe County, where, where we're headquartered. Um, but it's, it's just one of those, uh, cool ways that we try to reach into new communities and bring services where there aren't services. And we're really proud of that. And so check us out at ZephyrWellness.org if you're in the area. And if you're not in the area, check us out anyway. Um, our website's going to be changing here pretty soon and I'm excited about that. The content will be more searchable. You'll be able to find these podcasts as, uh, as well as some articles that I and uh, some of our other Zephyr family members have written, as well as uh, YouTube videos. And if you haven't checked out the Zephyr Wellness YouTube channel, you'll see a guy who uh, sounds a lot like me and looks a lot like me doing videos on similar topics. Uh, turns out it is me doing these videos. Um, so while it's the Zephyr Wellness YouTube channel... It's just me doing the videos so far. I'd hope to get some more people in there somewhere down the road. But for now, um, I think my videos are cool because I'm the one doing them. And if you don't have a high opinion of yourself, you're probably not putting videos out anyway. So check out the Zephyr Wellness YouTube channel and um, and give us a, a rating and review on the Noggin Notes app as well, if you could, please, because that helps drive listenership. And, you know, who knows? We may hit that uh, million-person mark at some point down the road. This uh, this week's episode is about non-attachment. I'm going to explain that in the episode itself, so I'm not going to do it here. I hope you enjoy it, and uh, thanks, as always, for listening, and uh, please share Noggin Notes. Noggin Notes uh, is, it does very, very well in your hands, but it does even better when you spread the wealth to other people. We do it for free. We're proud of that, 
and we're proud to continue helping people. And uh, because he's never uh, hardly mentioned in this, I want to thank my uh, partner, Safiso Rapinga, down in Cambodia, who founded Noggin Notes and then later just brought me in to do this stuff, uh, the clinical part. So thanks, Safiso. I, I really appreciate all the work that you do. And um, I know your your praises go unsung most of the time, but Safiso is really the brains behind it. So if you want to say hi to him, shoot him an email at info at nogginnotes.com or... Um, uh, or you can hit him up, hit, hit us up at info at zephyrwellness.org and you can uh, thank us for doing the show because I think that he, he would appreciate that. Or you can ask me questions. Anyway, on with the show. This is uh, all about non-attachment. I don't know if it's all about non-attachment. Non-attachment is a pretty deep topic, but it's, it's an introduction to non-attachment and I hope you find it useful. Thanks as always for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you in a week. Enjoy. What is non-attachment? What do you attach to? Why would you need to detach from it? All these questions play into what I'm going to cover today, and that is the concept of non-attachment and how it's really important to maintaining good mental wellness. Now, some people might be listening to this going, Jake, you're uh, you're a Christian. You 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 follow Jesus. What are you doing talking about this Buddhist concept? And and I will tell you that uh, although it's often attributed to to Buddhism, non-attachment actually has a, a great, rich tradition in Christianity, too. Uh, the New Testament is littered with examples of how not to be attached to things, money, people, ideas, concepts, uh, old beliefs. And um, even in the Old Testament, there's lots of, of references to uh, letting go, trusting, following, not asking questions, but just believing uh, including things like, you know, don't store up your food, it'll gather mold. So this actually transcends many religions, and it's not a religious principle. It's uh, it's really a principle for life. And I, if you've listened this long and you haven't turned it off because you're, you're not totally repulsed by religion, uh, I'm not going to bring it up ever again. I just wanted to, to transcend those those demographics and concepts and say that the, the art of non-attachment is something that can be learned by everybody. And just like wisdom can be found in all spots, I think that all people can learn to be non-attached. Now, uh, to start, I think it's important to distinguish a very sharp difference between non-attachment and detaching or disengaging. Now, some people will will make them synonymous, say that you know detaching and non-attachment are, are the same thing, and 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 they may be, and and that's fine. And I'm not interested in having a big uh, you know throwdown argument about that. But the idea in in my mind is that non-attachment is a much softer way of explaining what I'm about to explain. Detaching or disengaging is uh, is a little bit more emotionally charged, where you've volitionally said, I'm done with this thing, I'm walking away from it, whatever it may be. But there's still an emotional connection to that. And um, if, if you think about the concept of, of uh, differentiation, and, I, and I've covered that before in this in this podcast, Walking away from something in a healthy way saying, hey, you know, that is what it is, uh, and honoring really what it is that is that you're walking away from, that's very different than saying, screw it, I'm never, I'm never being a part of that again. That would be disengaging. And so we, wanna, we don't want to have a, a heavy-handed discarding of whatever it is that we're, we're leaving behind. We want to honor it, appreciate it, 
and and still um, acknowledge its existence uh, while while removing the emotional component from it. So, the art of non-attachment is is something that I think is very useful, and it has many implications. And I'm I'm going to list off a few that I think are very important, and I'll go through them one by one in this particular episode. So, why why would non-attachment be important? Well, first of all, balance, balance in one's life, um, emotional tolerance, uh, getting through whatever emotional situation you may be encountering, um, full appreciation of stuff in your life, also being present, being fully present in your life. Um, we want to diminish anxiety and depression. We can do that by being non-attached and we can stabilize our mood. And I think that probably goes back up to balance in one form or another, but the idea is that um, we, if we can be non-attached, it's not a cold, heartless turning away from whatever it is that, that we're trying to get away from. What it is actually it is that it invites a fuller appreciation of whatever that thing is. So I'm going to use some very common concepts and uh, some anecdotes and some metaphors to explain this, because so far I'm I'm aware that in this podcast I've I've only explained it in very generic terms, and I'm letting your minds wander in your own lives to connect yourself to things and people and places that I haven't even uh, mentioned yet. So I I didn't want to use examples right out the gate. I wanted you, I wanted your minds just to to float through, and that's that's a an activity that I I'm intentionally doing. It's 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 called projection. And, and if I had you in front of me, I would ask you where your mind went when I said things that you're attached to, or, um, ideas or concepts that you're attached to people that you're attached to. And then you would say that back to me and, and actually even just using the words, ideas, places, things, concepts, uh, beliefs, those that, that starts to hone down where, what I'm referencing, but it, but it doesn't stop there. It's literally infinite, uh, the things that we can be non-attached to, because literally anything that we can attach ourselves to, whether through emotion or philosophy or belief or understanding or opinion um, or any number of other constructs, those things can therefore be non-attached as well. So let's let's get started with this. Um, the first one I listed off was balance. If I'm imbalanced in my life, I'm uh, I'm out of whack somehow. I've got some psychological distress. Chances are pretty good that I that I'm attaching myself to some things that are driving me, and maybe I don't necessarily want that much power handed over to those things. So, let's take a, a pretty easy example of uh, of an ex. So, say you dated someone for a while, and the two of you broke up, and you find yourself sort of um, off kilter, out of sorts, uh, on your heels, and and more or less out of balance. Uh, you, you're not sleeping well. You might be a little depressed. Uh, you might be, um, you know, overshooting, overcompensating, trying to trying to date somebody else of a uh, completely opposite uh, character and personality that you normally would, and try to try to make up for that. So, the idea of non-attachment in an in an ex relationship is that you can you can hold loosely the idea that you dated this person, you enjoyed it. You got some fulfillment out of it, even if even if it was a terrible, jacked up relationship where um, maybe maybe abuse was perpetrated or victimization occurred. You, you wouldn't have gone into that knowing that that was going to happen. So somewhere along the way, the chances are pretty strong that that you gain some benefit from it. So 
the the idea of non-attachment is that you can you can hold loosely the the historic uh, the historical uh, experience of the the relationship and still move forward. So you can say, hey, I appreciated what I got out of this. It was fun at some times. It was not fun at others. Uh, we're, we're not together now. And that's okay. So so the concept of non-attachment is, is very much a dialectic. It's very much a both and. You can have lots of things present. You can have pain and you can have pleasure. You can have joy and you can have misery. Um, you can have decision making and waffling. So all these things can, can exist in non-attachment. And, and the picture I'd like to draw for you is if you hold out your hand and you your palm is up and you've got a slight cup to your hand, if I place something in that palm of your hand, doesn't matter what it is, I just place something in there, if you're not grabbing it, you're not attached to it. If you start to grab it, then you become attached to it. So metaphorically speaking, we can grab onto our exes as if we have control over them when really we don't. They are fully functioning human beings and they are capable of making their own choices. And if they want to dump us on our ear, they can do that too. But if we try to hang on to them as though they're our property or our possession, whether it's spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, philosophically, uh, or, or, or any other description, we will make the mistake of thinking that we somehow have control over that. So a big piece of non-attachment is the acknowledgement that whatever is, is present in our life is not ours to keep. Uh, everything has its own agency, even inanimate objects. Um, and I'll get to that in a minute. So that's one thing. So if you're out of balance, being able to be non-attached to something can bring the balance back by honoring the full authority and autonomy that the other thing has to make its own decisions, to walk its own walk, to, to have its own presence in your life that's not uh, driven by you and your presence in, in its life or its existence. And by doing so, what you find is you, you return to center a little bit and, you, and you're not so tossed by the seas, so to speak, of, of emotion or, um, or, or um, circumstance or, uh, or what have you. So if you, if you can be non-attached, you can re- restore a lot of balance to your life. The second thing I mentioned is emotional tolerance. Now, uh, if you've listened to the emotional uh, education series in here, it's, it's basically the first, I don't know, it's uh, 13 of the first 14 episodes or something like that. If you've listened to that, you, you'll know that I describe emotion as a wave. There's a, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and there's a peak in that middle, and that's where we lose control, uh, neurologically speaking. We don't, we don't necessarily have any control over whether or not we feel something or, or what it is that we feel, but we do have control over how much and how long we feel it. Knowing that, we can, we can relax our grip on needing to control the neurology in our brains that, that we don't have any control over anyway, and we can approach emotional experience with non-attachment. And, and again, like I mentioned earlier, non-attachment is not a, a cold, calculated rejection of an experience. What it is is actually an embracing in full the experience that's happening to you by knowing that it's very temporary and it's very fleeting. Just like emotions are very temporary and very fleeting, things in life are very temporary and very fleeting. Everything ends, including your own life. And I don't want to make this macabre or go down a dark path and start talking about how you know the world's going to end someday. Um, that's not the point. The point is that, yes, the world will end someday, and so will your life. So enjoy it while you have it. It's a shift in perspective that says, 
I don't have control over what's going on. And so rather than anxietize about it and create emotional upheaval, I can actually settle into the, to the non-attachment and the non-control that I have and say, I actually choose in this moment control over what my perspective is, what my belief is, how I interpret things that are going on. And that actually will give people a sense of, of balance, like I mentioned earlier, but also an ability to tolerate whatever the emotions are that are going on, knowing that they're very short and there will be a beginning, a middle, and an end to every emotional experience. So you don't have to carry those emotional experiences with you and you don't have to live in them before they get here. And that brings me to um, the next point. And I'm, I'm going out of order here if you're, if you're writing these down or keeping track. But diminished anxiety and depression. I've explained before that anxiety typically occurs when you're fixating your thoughts. And I don't, I don't mean just like randomly journeying to the future, but fixating your thoughts on the future. That's That typically brings about anxiety when you're so compassionate compulsively focused on the future and things that have not occurred yet and you don't have any control over them that's why you're worried about them that is typically anxiety so generically speaking the opposite would be depression when things that have already occurred in your past and you can't do anything about them because they're already done and gone if you fixate your thoughts there that would be depression so in order to alleviate depression and anxiety, we can be non-attached to the experiences that we've already occurred, or the, I'm sorry, that we've already encountered, or the experiences have, that have yet to come. So if we can be non-attached, it brings us into the present moment, and, and we can avoid those anxious and depressive states that plague a lot of people in, in our world. Let me give you an example. Let's say something happens. We'll take that ex, for example, the ex that broke up with you um, and that person's no longer around. They no longer want you. They no longer love you. They've moved on. If your mind is fixated on that person and how they've moved on and this new person that they're dating is not like you and you don't think they're good for them, what you're essentially doing is you're missing out on life, your own life as it's happening right there in your present. And we don't want to do that because it deprives us of a lot of joy. And I think I've mentioned before the quote from Teddy Roosevelt that said, comparison is the thief of joy. If you're, comparison, if you're comparing yourself to your past or you're comparing yourself to your ex's new uh, mate, you're missing out on your own life and the joy that your life is bringing you. So we want to be non-attached to that stuff. We want to let go, fully appreciate the experience as it was, and not live in the past for fear of missing the present. Similarly, we don't want to sit there and worry about who's going to come along or how old we are and whether or not we're ever going to have babies and am I ever going to be loved again and all that sort of stuff because that's that's all anxious thinking that takes us into a future place that hasn't hasn't yet occurred. And when you're in the future place or you're in the past that that's not in front of you, what you end up doing is almost self-manifesting a reality that becomes unattractive, unwantable, unlovable because I I, I don't know about you guys but I don't necessarily like being around people who are so anxious or so depressed that they can't have a conversation, they can't focus on me and, and what's happening in our discussion right now. So by avoiding those those anxious thoughts or those depressive thoughts and being non-attached to them, saying, hey, you know what, whatever will happen, happen, man. Um, and I don't mean like in some strange, bizarre, blown out, hyperbolic hippie way where you literally don't plan at all for the future. I mean... If you can truly trust and have faith that whatever happens will happen in its own time, on its own schedule, and you will be well prepared to deal with it, you can rest comfortably in the present, knowing that you've, you've properly prepared, you've, you've been through the trials or whatever you've done to deal with whatever it is that's coming later. Similarly, 
you can let go of the past, learn from it, revisit it as needed in order to draw experience or wisdom and then impart knowledge to others or yourself. But don't live there. If you live there, you're you're just distracting from from what's happening right in front of you. And that and that has all sorts of implications of, of avoiding intimacy and not connecting with other human beings and and generally just kind of being undesirable to be around. So the, the art of non-attachment can alleviate a lot of anxiety and depression. If you can learn to let go of your past because there's nothing you can do about it anyway, and you can learn to let go of your future because there's nothing you can do about it anyway, you can be fully present in the moment. And that brings me to my next point, which is full appreciation of, of stuff in your life. And what I mean by stuff is actual literal physical possessions. So I'm, I'm in my garage now and I'm recording this podcast and I have lots of stuff around me. There's lots of tools and, and little screws and tape and, and I'm just looking around. There's a flashlight and, and some, some neon lighting that somebody gave me and uh, there's, there's some empty beer bottles that probably need to be recycled. And um, all that stuff I could, I could claim is quote unquote mine. It's my stuff. Um, and if my stuff gets, uh, let's say, taken by someone else or maybe it gets broken by one of my children – then I could feel something. I can feel a, a disappointment because I have an internal expectation that that stuff is going to continue to be mine until I choose to exhaust its use or wear it out or empty it or whatever it is. Um, but if somebody else does it for me and I'm not prepared to be non-attached to those things, I can, I can be in for a much greater emotional upheaval. So here's how this works. I can appreciate my stuff if I have the opinion or the belief or the perspective that it wasn't mine to begin with. Now, I, I make no bones about my my uh, my spiritual faith, and I believe that that everything is given by God, and that we're simply just a conduit uh, to to using things. So we're we're supposed to be giving stuff away faster than we're receiving it. We're supposed to be uh, loving our fellow man. We're supposed to be donating charity. We're supposed to be very deferential, um, yielding, one down, all that stuff. So. If I look around here and I see the WD-40 in front of me and um, I got some some screws in a can and uh, let's pretend that the the worst happens, a fire breaks out, my house is consumed and all my stuff, my quote unquote stuff is gone. It wasn't mine to begin with. It was just on loan. It was it was uh, it was on loan from God, uh, Creator, or whatever. And it wasn't really mine. Yeah, I may have generated some income through my own effort, and I may have shelled out some some fiat currency called you know the dollar that that I went down to the store and paid for it. But was it really ever mine, or did it pre-exist me anyway? Was the WD-40 sitting on the shelf before I walked in the store, and could somebody else have bought it? Yeah, and then they get to claim it as theirs, and I don't get to claim it as mine. If I can take a non-attached approach, I can really appreciate the fact that I have a job, that I have money, that I have resources to spend, and that none of this stuff really matters in the end anyway. What really matters is, the, is, is how I treat other human beings, how I, I model for my children and, and my fellow man and my fellow woman, if you're hung up on the, the gender terminology, I'm, I'm not gender biased. Um, what matters is the spirit behind why I do what I do. And that requires a non-attachment lest I get sidetracked by the stuff. And believe me, Western society is constantly bombarding us to tell us that we need more stuff. As if somehow our identities matter and are hinged upon how much stuff we have and what kind of stuff and the clothes that we wear and the cars that we drive and the homes that we live in and the people that we date and the, hair, the way our hair looks and, and whether or not we you know take the picture with the uh, selfie stick above or below and whether or not we post it on Instagram and how many likes we get and so on and so on and so forth. And lots of money can be made on that for other people to go buy stuff that then defines 
them. Or at least that's what we're told. Now, what if we be non-attached to this stuff and we just hold it very loosely? Picture again, the hand, the open hand, the palm that's not gripping anything. If I'm not gripping my screws, my WD-40, my tape, and the empty beer bottles that probably need to be recycled, if I'm not gripping them as though they're mine and that they're somehow a reflection of my core character, then when they disappear, because they will all disappear, remember, everything is temporary. I mentioned that before. Everything is fleeting. Um, even the beer bottles and the W4, like all this stuff was, it, it was mined. It was manufactured. It came from the earth. It will eventually return to the earth. We're all temporary too. The earth's been around for four and a half billion years. We're a, a fleck on the windshield of all of humanity as it's progressed throughout the world. And we're, and humanity is a fleck on the windshield of the world itself. The, the, the earth will continue to, to move on and, and within the universe, these are, these are very big concepts that make us all very, very small. And we want to be mindful of that so that we don't simply grab onto things, claim them as our own, and then have disastrous consequences that somehow impugn our character when our things disappear. I don't want my truck to go away. I don't want my tools in my shop to disappear. I, I actually can kind of like this microphone too, and I don't want it to disappear. But if you follow Naga Notes on Instagram, you'll see that, that my uh, makeshift studio is a is just some some sound paneling inside a wine box. And um, <laughs> and that's and that's what I do. And I'm very proud of that. And I, I did it on the cheap. And um, I don't need a big sound studio because I think it sounds fine. But I don't want this stuff to disappear. I, I, and, and not to alarm anybody, but I don't want my family to die in a fiery inferno if the house goes up in flames. However, if that happens, I also know very deep down in a very convicted way that that is not who I am. I am not my things. I am not my beliefs. I am not my ideas. I am not my opinions. I am not my family. I am not a lot of things. I am whoever I was created to be to walk the earth, and so are you. And in order to fully embrace that, we can't be distracted by things that take us out of that. So this is why non-attachment is really important. It brings us into a full appreciation of that which we do have in life so that when we have it, we can fully appreciate and not take it for granted. And as I look around this garage, I've accumulated a lot of crap. And and I don't know that I need all this crap. Uh, There's, For example, there's a... It's very bizarre. (laughs) There's a... Uh, an umbrella that goes into the center of a table that I no longer own that was a hand-me-down from my parents. And I have no idea why this thing is still leaning up against the corner of my my garage. I should probably get rid of it. In fact, I think I will get rid of it. (laughs) But the point is, um, if that thing were to be disappeared from me, not of my own free will and accord, say rats were to gnaw through it and dis- and, and you know totally trash it, I'd probably come down here and be like, oh man, the umbrella for the table that I no longer own. Why am I sad about this? And it's simply because it's something that I have identified as quote unquote mine. It's not mine. And it, it never was mine. It was, it was actually my parents, if anything, before it became mine. And so I want to learn to be non-attached to literally everything, even the most precious things, because then I can truly appreciate them as the most precious things so that if one day they do disappear, I can love that they were there, not that 
not be sad that they're gone. I can still be sad. I can I can experience all those human emotions, but I don't need to live in it. So being non-attached actually imparts not a coldness, not a, not a turning away. That would be detachment. That would be that would be disengagement. I don't want that. I want to be non-attached so that I can actually fully love more because it's not mine to begin with. And how how great is it when somebody gives you a gift that was never yours to begin with? How much more do you appreciate that than something you went out and purchased on your own? That's really what non-attachment is about. But moving on. The last thing that I wanted to talk about, or I guess there's two. Being present in a stabilized mood. So going back to the emotional tolerance and, and the balance, a stabilized mood, for those of you who, who understand mood disorders, um, it's very hard to conceptualize that someone who is struggling with a bipolar disorder or, or a depressive disorder, mood disorder of any sort, can just simply shake that off. And that's not what I'm advocating. What I am advocating is knowing well enough that whatever your mood is, is driven probably by a mental interpretation of the circumstance around you. Let me explain. We all have mood swings. Mood swings are not what make debilitating disorders that land us in treatment and uh, get us on medication. What brings us there is the inability to control it. And more often than not, in my experience, people who struggle with mood disorders are doing what I've explained earlier, which is fixating their thoughts on things and not being present and non-attached. For example, on a very, very minor scale, I can experience an episode of hypomania if I just get paid, and let's, let's pretend it's the third paycheck of the month because I get paid every two weeks rather than twice a month. And I suddenly find myself flush with money because I budget for two paychecks a month. But I know that twice a year I'm going to get that extra paycheck. Let's pretend that that month comes around and that happens to be that Friday and I get the paycheck. And I happen to be wandering through the department store. And I'm looking at the shoes and I kind of need shoes. And, and, and people who know me understand that I'm not a fashion plate by any means. I tend to hang on to clothes far too long. And uh, I still wear stuff from like 10 and 12 and sometimes 30 years ago, if it still fits. And they may be full of holes and they're misshapen, but, but they're mine and I love them. Oh, wait, they're not mine. They're gifts. and I appreciate them and that's why I keep them. But back to the point, I, keep, I wear my shoes out, like way, way out. And I think that's part of the non-attachment too, is that I tend to hang on to stuff far too long because I value it such that I, I almost believe that I don't deserve nice things. And that probably stems from childhood and being bullied and, and so forth. But the residue aside, the point is, if I'm walking through Kohl's on that third paycheck Friday of the month, and I feel like I'm flush with money, I might start thinking, yeah, yeah, a pair of shoes is nice, maybe two pairs of shoes. Ooh, they have a sale on toasters. I don't even need a toaster, but they have a sale on toast. Suddenly, my mood starts getting elevated. That's called mania. I'm starting to feel pretty good. I'm empowered. I have a lot of resources. I'm getting a little loose. And if I don't check myself with some logic and some non-attachment and say, do I really need these shoes or is this just me being greedy? Do I really need the toaster or does the one that I have still work? If I don't check myself with some logic and say, hey, that money could be better spent on the kid's college fund or donated to charity or... Um, repainting the walls that are peeling in my garage that I'm standing in, then I could go and spend all that money on shoes that I don't really need. If I do that, I give in to the mood. It continues to be elevated. They make a decision that I don't like out of a mood that I didn't in, 
that I didn't intend. And then I enter in the shame cycle where I'm not proud of the decision I made. Instead, if I can remain mindful of being non-attached and saying, I don't really need this stuff. I don't need extra stuff. I don't need extra fancy stuff. I don't need the next phone. I don't need the next tablet. Uh, I don't need to buy my kids stuff just because they're crying. I can remain non-attached and be in the present moment. Enjoy life as it's coming, even if my kids are shrieking. But ultimately, guard my resources as well and regulate my mood. I can regulate myself back down before I get to the cash register, before I put that stuff in the cart. And I can, I can re-regulate and say, this is not mine. It's not mine to have. There is no deserving. I'm not entitled to anything. I need to shepherd my resources carefully. I need to steward what I have very cautiously because it might be gone later. Now, that's not to, to invite hoarding, which would be completely the other hyperbolic end of the spectrum. We don't need to, to cling to things as though they're ours either. We don't need to cling to resources and money. And, I'm, and I'm, I mentioned you know, storing away food. It grows moldy. Um, we want to use things. We want to be non-attached. So if you're compelled to, to spend some money on a, on a charitable cause, go spend that money on the charitable cause and don't think twice about it. Um, if you're compelled to go empty your bank account on uh, somebody late night who cons you into, <laughs> into dumping it into some shady investment, probably don't do that either because that's probably done out of a greed spot that would then be non, not be non-attached. If you're chasing investments to build your wealth um, because you're all about building wealth, that's not non-attached. Non-attached says, as I get wealth, I hand off wealth because it's not mine anyway. So um, be in the present moment. Try to remind yourself that, that you're not attached to these things. And if I can list off a couple more anecdotes to, to drive this point home, uh, I will. Another one might be sports. So I went over the stuff. I went over the material items. I went over the, the relationship stuff. But another thing might be sports. A lot of us can identify with sports. And we can live and die by our sports teams. Whether or not we're casual fans, uh, diehard fans, or we play sports. I've known far too many people who have had their days, their weeks, their months, their calendar years completely ruined by a sporting event. That is not non-attachment. Non-attachment says, man, that was a really great match. That was a super cool game. It was exciting. It was exhilarating. And in the end, I was very sad. Non-attachment says, I've tolerated those things. I fully embraced life. And now I'm on to the next moment. And I'm going to leave that behind. I can reflect on it. I can you know, be mindful of the face paint that I wore and the friends that I had and you know, the beers that I consumed in the stands or you know, the high fives that I gave. And ultimately, if my team lost in the end, whether I'm playing or observing, I can just appreciate that. I had that experience. It's something I can carry with me and, and then choose to go back to it if I want to, not fixate my thoughts on it. And if I won, I can be a gracious victor and know that that is also temporary and also fleeting. Just like losses, just like wins, just like stuff in our environment, just like X's from yesteryear, everything is temporary, including the great achievements. Because right after the great achievement is some next moment. Maybe it's the parade down, down Main Street. Uh, or maybe it's just the next season. Or maybe it's the birth of your child. Or maybe it's the school that you never completed. There's always something more to do in life. And if you're, if you're too attached to things, you're going to miss out on those opportunities. And ultimately, it's going to drive you into some sort of depressive state or anxious state or some sort of mood disorder. And you're, 
you're going to be miserable. And I don't, I just simply don't believe that we were created to be miserable. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense with nature. Uh, it's not harmonious with the universe and the way that things work. And, um, I, I think ultimately it's, it just does us in when we fail to be non-attached, when we're too latched onto things, when we have our palms tightly gripping that object in our hands, whether that object is an idea or whether it's an actual physical, tangible thing that I can, I can hold on to, like the screws in my garage. I don't want to lose the screws in my garage. I got a nice little screw collection. Some people might say I have a few screws loose, more than a few. They're in the jar, but, uh, I don't want to lose them. But I know that if I do lose them, uh, the house goes up in flames, I will still be fine because it's not a reflection on my character. And if I, if I know that I'm not attached to it, then I can appreciate that I had the house, that I had the screws, that, that my kid broke the bottle, that he spilled the, on the carpet. And all I have to do is just clean it up and move on. I can be present moment to moment, every moment. I can fully appreciate where I am. I can fully appreciate what I have. I can tolerate and ride through my emotions. I can have balance in my life. I can be fully present. I can diminish my anxiety and my depression. I can stabilize my mood just simply by being non-attached. If this worked for you, I'd love to hear back from you. Please email me, uh, info at zephyrwellness.org or info at naganotes.com. If it didn't work for you, I'd like to hear that too. Um, I like to hear belly aches. Uh, a couple of people have taken issue with some of the things that I've said, and uh, we've met privately and worked that out, and I've changed my mind before. that it, it does happen. Just because I happen to be the guy on the microphone doesn't mean I can't change my mind. And as a dude who's non-attached, I want to be non-attached to my beliefs too. And uh, this whole podcast is one of those beliefs. So even though I happen to be very passionate about it, doesn't mean that I'm not capable of changing my mind. In fact, non-attachment suggests that I should change my mind in the face of somebody else who has some other differing viewpoint that works better. So I invite you to take the same approach. It seems to work well for me. It brings me a lot of peace and tranquility. And if, after all, isn't that what we're going for? We're going for peace, tranquility, and happiness in all our lives. So that being said, I appreciate you listening. Um, reach out to us. Forward this on to a friend. Never fail to give us a rating and review on iTunes or Google Play. And uh, as always, for the Naga Notes team and the Zephyr Wellness family, I wish you all great mental wellness. Have a good one.